Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Outfield, pull up, ball to the five, touchdown, Tampa Bay. My Gubbins does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up with it. Hands in the Just a month ago, we were talking about uh, replacing the head coach, replacing the quarterback, looking ahead to what kind of draft strategies the Bucks were going to be in for. And as we've said before on the show, winning cures all. So four wins later, the Bucks are eight and seven, right back into the thick of it with the NFC playoff race. And uh, one went away from clinching that NFC South division, clinching a home playoff game in the four seed in the NFC. What are your thoughts on uh, the game? Obviously, a lot going on this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just like you said, um, there's a, there's a lot on the line. It'll be the first time ever that the Buccaneers, obviously last year was the first time they won NFC South back-to-back years. Um, this will be the first time ever, obviously, three straight. Uh, five-game win streak, I believe, would be the longest since that 2016 five-game win streak. I don't believe they've won five in a row uh, since then, I, you know, including the you know, when we're talking about the regular season. Uh, obviously, you, know, you talk about the playoffs. Um you know, I think if you include the playoffs, um, I also I have to check though. Did they, the 2020 team did they end on a five game win streak? I, I don't quite remember. I'll, I'll check that out right now. But um, so, yeah, like they you were, said, though, there's a lot at stake, and and also, look, they get a chance to sweep the Saints for a second straight year, which is something that the Saints did to the Buccaneers both in 2020 and 2021. Obviously, the Buccaneers got the better of them in the playoffs, but in the regular season, that's what happens. So, um, no, the, the Buccaneers won four straight uh, to end the regular season in 2020. So, have not won five straight in the regular season, I'm pretty sure, since that 2016 season. So, um, there's a, a lot at stake here. You may want to take a look at the 2021 Schedule. I think they may I, have won. I five don't think they won five straight. I know they won streaking. We, I know they we won were, We were just talking. It. We were just talking the other day about uh, if they won four straight. And they did. I think they they didn't won, win four straight in that season. No kidding. They went streaking a lot. They won a lot of games. I mean, a franchise high thirteen and four in the first seventeen game season in NFL history. The Bucks came out on top. Didn't even get the one seed. That's the worst part, though. Yeah, they they had two. <laughs> In 2021, they had two four-game win streaks, but they did not have a five-game win streak. So again, shades of that 2016 season where the Bucks went from three and five to eight and five, ultimately missed the postseason. But uh, that was a season that gave us a lot of hope for Dirk Cutter at that time. You know, really thought that uh, the way that the defense was rolling in those five games and the development of Jameis Winston, man, that was a wild time. But let's talk about this Bucks team this year. So we obviously know what's at stake in the game this Sunday, but. I wanted to dive a little bit more into the defense because I think we're going to be relying on the defense to win this game, honestly, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know the Saints have been uh, just a team with, I don't even know, man. Apparently, they're keeping Dennis Allen. It doesn't seem like they have much to play for other than to upset the other teams. I mean, they can still win the division. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sit here and put all my eggs into one basket just yet with this Bucks team, but... 
the Saints are just not in a very good place. They, they are not. So wanted to dive into the defense because they're going to have to win the game. The Saints have been injured all year. They still have a top 10 pass defense, and they have been a team that even though the Bucs have swept them in 2022 and could potentially do it this year, I don't want to count them out. We've been watching this team long enough to where even though the Bucs have kind of gotten New Orleans off of their back in a sense, it still feels like every game is is not a guarantee, especially in this division and especially a team that just knows how to steal wins like New Orleans knows how to do. I don't have a lot of favorable things to say about the Saints, but I have to give them credit because I I, I, I can't discount any matchup the Bucs go into with them. So talking about the defense, I, I wanted to open things up specifically and talk about these young defensive players who have just shined recently. And I think a lot of guys who could be in the defensive rookie of the year conversation. Let's talk about Yaya Diaby first and foremost, who leads the team in sacks, which is tied for leading NFL rookies in sacks at six and a half. That is outside linebacker who has just absolutely showed up and played maybe a little over half the season. Wasn't even a starter until three, four weeks ago. Yaya Diaby is an absolute force at outside linebacker. And I'm going to be curious to see what his ceiling looks like in the NFL, because if this is what we have seen on an abbreviated rookie season, dude, like, can you imagine what he's going to look like three years from now when the Bucks have to potentially pay him? Yeah, it's been a really good start to his, to his obviously his career. And like you said, he wasn't even, you know, he's more of a rotational player for the first. I mean, I wouldn't even say first half. I'd say more than first half. Uh, I would say 70% of the season or so. He's probably more of a rotational guy. And just recently, I believe, uh, it was the, the Colts game, uh, week 12, that, that he he officially got got the, the starting nod. So uh, it was a long time. And, yeah, six and a half sacks. Um, had a forced fumble, I believe, as well. So, yeah, it was really, really nice day for Diaby on Sunday against the Jaguars. But, yeah, really nice season. And, like, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Kalaji Kansi and stuff. And, and we'll talk about Kansi a, a little bit here. But, um, you know, Diaby's kind of show you know, stolen a little bit of the spotlight from, from Kalaji Kansi. I remember a couple weeks ago, there was just a lot of love for Kalaji Kansi. Now you don't hear as much because it's not that Kansi's been bad. It's just that Diaby's been so good. So, um, yeah, I, I do think there's a bright future. I don't think he's ever going to become this 14, 15 sack guy. I just don't really think he's that type of player. But I mean, I think he can get you close to 10 sacks every year if, if he hits the ceiling, obviously. There's a long way to go. My guy, Noah Spence, his rookie season, he had six sacks in his rookie season, right? And then never really came close to that after that. So uh, there is a, a long ways in his career. Now, I mean, Noah Spence is still good, but uh, Diaby definitely uh, is on the, the right path and it's a great start to his career so far. Yeah, and you mentioned we're not going to discount Kalijah Kansi because we've had plenty of praise for him as well this season, and we have just as much to get excited about. He's got four sacks on the year from an interior defensive line position, the first-round pick for the Bucks. I, I mean, I would argue that these two guys, they haven't been single-handedly responsible for the defensive turnaround the Bucks have had in the second half of the season, but they have been some of the most consistent players on the field week in and week out. We have talked about on these game preview shows how these guys need to get involved early and often. And we saw it early and often against Jacksonville where the pass rush was relentless and it led to a great playing coverage by Devin White. We'll talk about his return as well. But these two rookies have been some of the most consistent players on the field on the defensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay. 
And it's just a lot to be excited about when you forecast the future of this Bucks defense. Yeah, and you know, the interesting thing is that uh, well, obviously, picking Clash Canty 19th overall, yeah, you you know he's going to play a, a pretty big role for you. Uh, but you know, picking Yaya Diaby in the third round, I actually I, I liked Diaby as a prospect, but I thought it was a little bit early. Um, and I, I mean, I get it. I think I even said on, on James's stream during the draft and in our draft review that like I, the Bucks didn't have a fourth round pick, so I think they basically looked at it like this guy isn't going to be there in the fourth round. We want him here. Let's just get him here. So um, I don't know if they imagined Yaya Diaby playing such a big role for them at this point in the season, especially when you know you had Shaq Barrett back from injury. You had Joe Trinchwinko, who you hoped would have made the jump uh, you know, in that development. And then you also re-signed Anthony Nelson. So I don't know how much they exactly expected Yaya Diaby to play. And I think he's been a pleasant surprise to them. I think his production has been great. And hopefully he can continue to build on this. And, hey, l- l- let's try and get the eight sacks. I mean, eight sacks, you know, it's one and a half in two games. That's not bad. You know, and eight sacks is a rookie's phenomenal. So l- l- let's try and get there. And, you know, we'll see if they can, you know, make some some impact plays against the Saints. Because really, like you said, this second half of the season, they've been the driving force, I think. And, like, I've been really disappointed in Shaq Barrett and disappointed in Joe Trinshwinka and Anthony Nelson. Um, but the pass rush has come from basically Vitavec, Elijah Canty, and Yana Diaby. Like, those are the three guys. And the good news is, all three of those guys are going to be here next year. And in terms of Yana Diaby and Elijah Canty, they're going to be here for at least the next four or five seasons. So, um, I do think, yeah, the future, uh, they need more pieces along that defensive line. Draft season, you know, the season's going to end one way or another, whether the Bucks are Super Bowl champions or don't make the playoffs or we're out in the wild card round. The season's going to end. So when we talk about the draft season and what this team needs, pass rush can be up there, but they do still have nice pieces already in Kalaja Kansi and Yaya Diaby. One forced fumble on the season for Yaya Diaby. And again, those takeaways, I'd argue, are some of the biggest reasons the Bucks have played as well as they have. You know, that game against Jacksonville, 21 points in the first half off of takeaways alone, and even against Green Bay, you know, just proving that this defense can take the ball away is going to help the Bucs down the stretch because you have an offense that's playing hot, you have a quarterback that's playing well, but if they don't have to go above and beyond and you can continue to play complimentary football, especially with a defense that we have seen perform before, they've been a little inconsistent this season, but this turnaround has been a huge part of this win streak and the rookies deserve a lot of credit, but you cannot talk about guys who produce on this defense without talking about <clears throat> the best safety in the NFL. Antoine Winfield Jr., a guy who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have to pay, and uh, it, it's going to it's going to hurt their pockets. 110 tackles on the season, 12 passes defended, seven QB hits, five sacks, five tackles for loss, five forced fumbles, four recoveries, three interceptions. And all this is with two games remaining, so. He does it all at the safety position. There is not any other safety that is above him in any of those categories, except for Kyle Hamilton, who I believe has him on interceptions. I could be wrong about that, but it's only one of those stats that he is trailing anybody in. I I don't know why he isn't being talked about more for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. You could put that bet in, but if I'm a betting man, I wouldn't. I would like the odds on it, but... I just don't think it works. I, I think those NFL honors, some of them, unfortunately, are, are still more of a popularity contest. And uh, I, I just don't think Antoine Winfield Jr. at the end of the day is going to get enough credit for the work that he has done this season as far as 
the public eye, you know, as far as the NFL casual fan is aware of, but as far as NFL teams are aware of who are looking to pay a safety this offseason, uh, this guy is uh, about to get the bag, whether it be in Tampa Bay or elsewhere. But it's going to be hard for the Bucks to to let him walk. I can't imagine they do it. Well, and I have some bad news for any team that is looking forward to signing Anton Field. It's not going to happen this offseason. Um, if the Buccaneers cannot reach a long-term deal with Winfield, they're just going to franchise tag him. Like he, He's not going anywhere this offseason, I, I guarantee you. There is more of a chance that Mike Evans plays on another team next year than Anton Winfield does. Like it just, It's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah. I don't think Bucks fans have much to worry about that. I don't even think Anton Winfield's going to hit the open market. So, uh, long term deals obviously preferred, but I think if worse comes to worst, I just think they're going to franchise tag him. So, uh, and then see if he can do it again, right? And if he can do it again, then you're really talking about a bag. But um, if if he can't, you know, maybe that price comes down a little bit. And, and I do think you know he is playing like like you know the best. I mean, safety in the NFL. You're talking about. Jesse Bates in Atlanta. You're talking about Kyle Hamilton in Baltimore. I know Kyle Hamilton has been getting a lot of love. I think primarily because he had that big game against the 49ers on Monday night, too. Like, I think that helps. Um, And I don't think people are talking about Jesse Bates enough either because he plays for the Falcons. Like, and Kyle Hamilton's getting all this love because he plays on the Ravens, who, like, the Ravens might win this freaking Super Bowl. So um, it's astounding to me that he's I, well i'm not sure about the updated list i haven't seen an updated thing but last i checked he wasn't even top 10 the pro bowl voting like i don't know what we're doing here like okay you can maybe i understand you won't hear any of this but like you can make the argument maybe he's not the best safety in the nfl but i believe the top three in the nfc would make it the top three safeties in the nfc make the pro bowl there's no way he's not the top of one of the top three safeties in the NFC. Like he's one of the top three safeties in the NFL. Like I, I just I don't see how this dude doesn't make a Pro Bowl. I I don't really care about the Pro Bowl. Like that doesn't matter to me. It's a it's tough for a defensive back. I think to win Defensive Player of the Year, they're they're usually always going to give that to the guy that gets 18 sacks. Like they're always going to give it to the Aaron Donalds, the Miles Garrett, the T.J. Watt. Like they're always going to give it to those guys. So it, it's kind of tough for a defensive back. I think. In today's day and age to win defensive player of the year but um yeah i definitely think he should be in consideration but yeah anton winfield's been just fantastic for the bucks and he's really he's taking a huge jump he's like this isn't the player we've seen the last three seasons prior like he was good right we always knew he was really good but this is like a next level type thing for anton winfield jr and trust me folks like the buccaneers have no plans to let him go uh anytime soon so i wouldn't worry uh about anton winfield I, i'm not worried about that at all i'm more focused on like is levante david gonna retire is mike evans gonna be back like that's what i'm worried about because i'm counting anton winfield as as being on this team uh, in 2024 yeah one of the most impressive seasons i'd say by a bucks defensive back in history like since ronde barber was going after the quarterback it has been quite a long time and he has been a swiss army knife for this defense one more guy on this defense i wanted to talk about at the linebacker position you know you've got the ageless wonder levante david but right next to him is devin white who made his return to Tampa Bay last week after missing a couple of games due to injury or whatever else. We got into it, you know, open and shut case. It is what it is. Wanted to talk about Devin White and wanted to talk about him playing with a purpose. I mean, clearly this is a guy who shows up when he wants to, but when you're playing for a contract the way that he is, 
he's he's playing motivated, and I'd argue that is the best thing this Bucks team needs right now because it is a common goal, you know, for everyone out there. He he wants to play as well as he can. And I'd argue he took some of the best coverage snaps of his career last week against Jacksonville. That big interception early in the game. He was also able to get to the quarterback, which is what you love to see. That's been a huge strength of his recording half a sack last week in that win against the Jags. I mean, he's playing great since he has been back and you want to see him keep it consistent. For his sake, he's going to keep it consistent because we can talk about his performance, the big contract he's potentially going to sign, but... I do think it's more than likely not going to be in Tampa Bay is regardless of how well he does perform in these final games, that ship has probably sailed uh, with his future with the Bucks. Yeah, it, it has. I mean, it's not, um, you know, it's no secret. I think that that relationship is, I think it's, it's soured in the off season. Like I think it's soured when he made that trade request and, uh, you know, he he played a great game on Sunday. Like, he really did. The best game, honestly, and probably the best game he's played in the last two seasons. Like, he didn't even play that well in 2022. Um, but the consistency isn't there. I think he's rubbed teammates the wrong way. I think he's rubbed the organization the wrong way. And that's exactly why, yeah, he's not going to be back. So, if you enjoy watching Devin White play for the Buccaneers, I would enjoy these next two or three games because uh, I don't foresee him being back in Tampa Bay. Uh, I the only the only way is if Levante David basically walks and goes elsewhere or retires, and the Buccaneers just cannot find anybody else. Like that, that's the only way to me. So I don't foresee that that happening. Uh, I think the Bucks are ready to move on. KJ Britt's played well in his absence. Cervasia Dennis has shown flashes. I think the Buccaneers would be ready to give one of those guys a chance. I don't think they want their starting linebacker next year to be KJ Britt and Cervasia Dennis uh, because they still want to be competitive next year. Obviously, you know Todd Bowles will likely be back. Um, you know, like he realizes if he only wins six games next year, he probably won't return for another season. So, you know, he wants to still be competitive. And uh, I do think that the Bucks want a veteran next to one of those younger guys. I just don't think that veteran is going to be Devin White. So I do think that, yes, he is playing well. It does benefit both parties, right? Like it benefits him because maybe, yeah, you, you, you're not going to get the contract that you wanted, you know, six months ago. But if you play well down the stretch here, people are going to notice and maybe you get a little bit of a better instead of a one year or six million dollar deal, maybe you get a one year, ten million dollar deal and then you ball out. And then you get your big payday. So and then for the Buccaneers, obviously, you're getting a productive flyer. So down the playoff stretch here. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it really changes much about the future with Devin White here in Tampa Bay. But it is it is nice to see, you know, him come back right away and into the fold and play well. On the other side of the football, let's talk about the offense and why personally, Evan, I think it's going to be a tough week. Uh, you know, we've talked a hell of a lot about this Buccaneers offense, how they're finally getting into the right rhythm, how Baker Mayfield is playing some of his best ball of the season, and they've done a lot of great things here in this four-game win streak, but something about this game, something about what it means for not only the season, but for the franchise and the grand scheme of things, we're talking about something the Bucs have never done in the history of the team. They have never won three straight division titles. And for them to potentially do it against the New Orleans Saints, a team that I cannot stress enough, like a team that just will not go away. They've already beat them once this season. It's going to be even tougher to sweep them. And it's going to be even tougher to sweep them two years in a row. 
You know, they got swept last year by a beat-up Tom Brady and a beat-up Bucks roster with an aging Julio Jones and a rookie Rashad White. So I do feel good about their chances of winning, but this game in the pit of my stomach feels like the perfect recipe for just something to go wrong. And, and the something to go wrong this week, I think, is uh, I, I think it could potentially be tough sledding for this Bucks offense because as injured as the Saints have been, they still have a top 10 passing defense in the NFL, ranked number seven. So what kind of week do you think it's going to be? Yeah, well, and also Marshawn Ladmore going to be out for this game. Um, so obviously, unfortunately, we won't see the Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore uh, matchup. We barely saw it last uh, time either because I believe Evans got injured. Um, little all right, quick trivia here. See if you remember, okay? The Buccaneers scored one offensive touchdown in New Orleans last year, week two. Who scored it? Brashad Perryman. There you go. That's yeah. good. It's good Bucks, memory. It's Bucks good memory. legend. I was actually just thinking about him the other day. He's he's one of those guys in Bucks history that he kind of pops up. You know, 2019, I remember that ridiculous game he had at the end of the season. Uh, he went the, 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 that, that, that stretch. He yeah. played himself out of Tampa Bay. Like yeah. He priced himself out of Tampa Bay just by that last, those last like four games. Yeah, that circus catch the final week of the season against Atlanta and that overtime loss for Tampa Bay. And then in 2021, the Bucks bring him back with Tom Brady and he takes down the Bills in overtime. That's a guy that a lot of fond memories. He had a career game, uh, I think 2019 against Detroit where his dad played, you know, there, there's yeah. a lot of positive Brashad. I think he had two touchdowns in that game, too. Yeah, he had to redeem himself in 2019 because he had a couple of awful drops at the early uh, early mm. part of the season there. But I'm glad that a lot of people, you know, can 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 look back at the good he did and it outweighs some of those uh, problems he had early in the year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think it might be a little bit of tough sledding for the offense. Look, it wasn't a clean game the last time these two teams Met right. I thought it was a good game by Baker. Uh, the Bucks put up twenty six points, but it wasn't like completely clean on offense uh, throughout the, the the rest of the game, really. And I believe you know the Bucks got off to a pretty slow start in that game too. It had a, a very similar vibe of uh, the the week two game last year, right? Uh, the Buccaneers. Failed to score anything in the first quarter. Uh, the Saints led 3 nothing. Then the Buccaneers scored 14 points in the second quarter. That was after a New Orleans turnover there. Um, and then the Bucs scored 12 in the fourth quarter. It's kind of, kind of pulled away there. But Buccaneers did not allow the Saints to get in the end zone last time. So hoping to keep that up. I'm not sure if it's going to. You know, that's not really something you can sustain necessarily. But, um, yeah, I do think it could be a, a tougher day for the offense. I, I do agree with you there. And I think, again, it's going to be about protecting the football. It's going to be about who protects the football better. Now, Baker Mayfield did have an interception in that game, and it was in the red zone. But if you remember, right away, the Buccaneers got the ball back on a fumble. So, And then the Bucs scored a touchdown. So it kind of uh, negated itself. Now, when you're looking at this matchup and you talk about, oh, their past defense is being you know tough, 
The Bucks the last two weeks, Baker Mayfield's played great, but they've also played some weaker pass defenses. So I am curious to see how this offense, which is one of the hotter offenses in the NFL right now, I am curious to see how they play against the tougher New Orleans defense because Green Bay's secondary is not very good. And Jack, also Green Bay was also missing Jair Alexander in that game as well, their best corner. And then Jacksonville had the 29th ranked pass defense going into that game. I'm curious to see now against New Orleans, even without Marshawn Lattimore, I am curious to see how they play, how Baker Mayfield performs. And uh, I think it could have go a long way in saying like the confidence that you could have in a guy like Baker Mayfield in a playoff game. All right. I, I do think uh, because, you know, you're probably going to see a team that's top 10 in pass defense, top 15 in pass defense in the playoffs. So um, I, I do think this is the Buccaneers are going to treat this like a playoff game because, quite frankly, you know, if they, if they win, like they're locked, they're in. But um, I also think, like, I think the fans should be looking at this like, okay, this could be like a preview of like what it's like in the playoffs, like the type of defenses you're going to be playing in the playoffs. And uh, we'll see how they perform. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the turnover battle because I, I was going to say it myself. Baker Mayfield and the rest of this Bucks offense, they don't have to go above and beyond this week like they have these last few weeks. Uh, they just have to protect the football. And I think the Saints have proven one thing this year, and it's that they are definitely prone to turning the ball over. And with the Buccaneers defense kind of surging the way that it has with taking the ball away, I would expect a couple of opportunities this week. You just you have to capitalize. You have to play clean football and you have to play complementary football because if the Saints are as bad of a team as I want to believe, if there's one thing that's going to put them away, it's going to be capitalizing on their mistakes, and the Bucs are definitely going to be in position to but do that. If there's one thing that's going to keep them in the game, it's going to be shooting yourself in the foot with turnovers. Very right? true. You know, and then and then that's that that's the you know the the other side of it, right? And, and that's if you can't protect the football, which the Buccaneers have done a better job of these past few weeks. Uh, if you can't like Baker Mayfield had a stretch there in the middle of the season where he was turning the ball over at a higher rate than he was earlier in the season, but the Buccaneers were able to overcome it. And now it, it's time to protect the football again. Baker Mayfield didn't have any turnovers last week, had the one fumble against Green Bay, and he needs to have another, I think, cleaner game here. Like I, I, I do think that. And I think it, when you look back at this game, I think whoever wins a turnover battle, especially because I, I do think it's a mid-closer game. And I think whoever in a close game, whoever wins a turnover battle is likely the guy who's going to win the game. Saints defense, they got a leaky run defense. So I wanted to talk about Rashad White and his expected performance this week. Now, if you are a betting degenerate uh, like I tend to be, the line on him for receiving this week, I really do like. I think it's 21 and a half last time I looked at it, which for Rashad White, we talk about his emergence. Last week, it was 20, 26 and a half. Actually, I, 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 hit, a, I hit a parlay. Um, let me pull it up. I, I did hit a parlay last week during the, the Jacksonville game. Um, so shout out. Also, shout out to Calvin Ridley, too, because he was on that parlay. But yeah, Rashad White. Uh, made me a yeah, I, I, Rashad White was undoubtedly on that list. So if you can get that at that number, go ahead. Yeah, he, he's made me a lot of money this week. So uh, look at your app, see what that line is. But I think Rashad White's going to be huge. I think he's going to be the catalyst for what the Bucks do on offense. He has been in other weeks. We've seen him just completely take over the offense and be the only reason the Bucks have any sort of production. And I don't want to say that this week could be another one of those weeks. But again, we talk about how Baker may not have as easy of a day throwing the football. Maybe Mike Evans does ball out without Marshawn Lattimore. You know, there's a lot of dynamics to this game 
that could be flipped on their head here in the first quarter. We just have to see how aggressive the Bucks come out on that first drive of the game, which last week, I'd argue some of the uh, success they had against Jacksonville was because they came out so aggressive going for it on fourth down multiple times there in the first half. That was exciting to watch, and I, I do have to give Todd Bowles a tip of my cap there because I have criticized him for a lack of consistency in deciding how aggressive he wants to be. And last week, he had the pedal down all four quarters. They got to do that again this week. But I think Rashad White is a big part of that, whether running the football or throwing it. I, I like for him to have a big game this week. I think the offense moves through the run game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the parlay I had was uh, Rashad White, 25-plus receiving yards. Rashad White, over 3.5 total receptions. Mike Evans, over 4.5 total receptions. And Calvin Ridley, over 4.5 total receptions. Which, shout-out Calvin Ridley in the second half, because in the first half, he only had one catch. Yeah. So, uh, having a bigger second half. So, shout-out to him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Rashad White has become a, a bigger part of this offense as the season's gone on. And he went from basically... Being a disappointing player, I think, earlier in the season, like you were expecting, because last last year, sort of at this time, is when he really started to come into his own, right? He had that game-winning touchdown against New Orleans. He had the late one against Arizona. Like, he started to come into his own as a running back, was basically the starter, took the job away from Leonard Fournette. And then you, you came out of that, and you're like, okay, maybe, you know, he's the guy now and he started off the 2023 season and just it wasn't quite the same and now I think the Buccaneers and Dave Canales have figured out the right ways to use him the run game was not what it needed to be against Jacksonville last week they need to be better especially against uh some you know these playoff teams I'm not saying that New Orleans is a playoff team and Jacksonville isn't but you know in the the playoffs you know you got to be able to run the ball officially it just it helps your entire offense but uh, I do think Rashad White again is going to be a pretty uh, big involvement in the passing game. And yeah, if you can get, let me actually, I want to check the number, see if there's a number available right now for Rashad White. See if uh, we're get, you're going to get my live reaction to the line right now. This is on FanDuel. Uh, let's see here. Receiving props. 22 and a half. Yeah, I would take it. Um, I, I would take it. His reception is set at three and a half as well. I'd take, I'd feel comfortable taking both of them. I would feel pretty good taking both of them. So um, they get him involved early and often. And even though we think it might be a tougher day throwing the football, I do think that could actually lead to Baker Mayfield checking the ball down a little bit more. And uh, Al Bundy in the chat actually said a, a pretty good point. Uh, Green Bay and Jacksonville run a lot of zone. Baker threw a lot of anticipation throws that work well versus zone. True. Uh, uh, Saints run tons of man and are very good at it. I can't see Baker having the same passing success versus the Saints. That's one of the things that gave Tom Brady, you know, fits all those years Um, because basically for whatever reason, Mike Evans wasn't winning enough one-on-ones. Chris Godwin wasn't winning enough one-on-ones. Rob Gronkowski wasn't winning enough one-on-ones and the New Orleans pass rush could get there in time. And, uh, you know, their man coverage are a lot of man heavy and and you're right. And I think that that is a reason why it's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, And I also think it's it's a key to protect the quarterback this week too, because if you can't protect Baker, I think the offense can fall apart, but um yeah, I do think it, yeah, it could be a little bit tougher. That's a pretty good point there in the chat. I don't want to talk too much smack about the Saints pass rush, but I just want to look at, uh, I want to refer to what the film shows Tristan Wirfs did to Josh Allen last week. 
man, oh man, he put him in a spin cycle, dude. He he made it tough. And this Bucks offensive line has been a bit of a bright spot. We talked about the development of Luke Gedeke, obviously at right tackle, worse at left tackle, playing injured, playing better than a lot of other tackles in the NFL at this point. And the interior struggles, but I like the matchup this week. And and this is probably the best that I have felt about a Buck Saints matchup in a while, you know, all the way back early in the season, what that game was week four, I believe. That's that's scary. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that is feeling a, good about a Buck Saints matchup. That is scary, which which leads me to my main point. Like even even though I feel good about this matchup, I still have that feeling at the pit of my stomach that the Saints are still that team. You know, and for the Bucks to sweep them two years in a row, that would be awesome. This is it. This is it. If the yes. Bucks beat them on Sunday, win the NFC South against them in Tampa, I, next year you can't feel that way about the Saints anymore. Like, I mean, and, and I know, and I agree, you're not the only one, and I, I definitely have the same feeling. Like, and I, there's people listening to this podcast right now that I'm sure have the same exact feeling. But if the Buccaneers beat the Saints again, sweep them two years in a row, and clinch the NFC South while doing it, that's it. Like, it, it's it's done. Let's get to some score predictions here to wrap up the game preview. I think they can do it. Uh, I, I think the odds are pitted against the Bucks this week. I think they're only favored by two and a half, which for a home game is, you know, damn near even. Uh, the matchup you bet, yeah, you basically get, what, two points for home, basically? <laughs> yeah, the matchup predictor on ESPN.com actually favors New Orleans 51 to 49%. So... There's a lot on the line, and, and it's a perfect recipe for disaster based off of the history of the franchise and what we've seen time and time again over the course of history. But I, I really do think the Bucks are playing some of their best football. I think they know what's at stake, and I think this team would much rather handle business this week than have to go into an unknown next week against Carolina. Like, the Panthers are a laughingstock. Don't get me wrong. They more than likely are going to shore up the number one overall pick in the draft, which you know, good for them, but it's, they, they don't, they don't own. So. Exactly. So <laughs> it's as good as it can be for them. They are a dumpster fire, but they are still a team that would love to play upset. And if the bucks lose, the Panthers would love nothing more. Well, oh, and also Carolina has been playing a little bit better. They have, which like I, they, I mean, they, they beat Atlanta. They took green Bay to, I believe what, overtime. Like they've been playing a little bit better which is exactly why the Bucks need to handle business this week against a proven opponent. You know, this is a team that if you beat, I know that most of the NFL doesn't look at this division as competitive and they don't look at the Saints as a good team and they haven't been a great team this year. Don't get me wrong, but they're still a tough team and they're playing for their postseason lives just like the Bucks are. So I think it's going to be tough, but I have faith they can get it done. My hopes for this team are a little bit more than I thought they would be headed into this game just because of how they beat Jacksonville. Like, no one also, saw that. Um, I, we didn't even talk about this, but I completely missed this, actually. Um, Todd Bowles says that Carlton Davis, Shaq Barrett, and Cook Keith are out for Sunday's game against the Saints. So um, that's another thing for Guy Diaby to step up. You know, it's yeah. it's even more important now for a guy like Guy Diaby to step up. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, star tight end Cook Keith. After a touchdown. Yeah, you're going to have to figure out how to how to replace him. Yeah, it's going to change up a lot of the dynamic on offense there. But regardless, next man up. You know, we, we've talked all year about the young guys stepping up. Carlton Davis, who has been missing some action. You're looking for him to get healthy. At this point, man, you just hope he's ready to go for the postseason. But the Bucks need to handle business. 
They need to keep momentum riding high. Isaiah brought it up in the chat. We need to keep momentum. That is really the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot riding on the game this week. For the Bucs, it is their postseason momentum. It is the NFC South division, if they can conquer that for the third straight season for the first time in team history. And uh, it's a chance to sweep those damn Saints for the second straight year, which would be awesome. Uh, it, it would be awesome. We it, we have not covered a run like this against New Orleans in the history of the show. So it would be the icing on top of a pretty nice turnaround here at the end of the 2023 season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But my final score, Bucks are favored by two and a half. I think they win and I do think they cover. I think they win by three. Low scoring affair. I've got the Bucks coming out on top. 24-21. Okay. Um, I think the Buccaneers win. And the Buccaneers cover by three, 20 to 17. Um, I, I think it's a little bit lower scoring uh, than the, I just, I have a hard time seeing the Bucs score three touchdowns in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be more of a, a defensive type of day. And I think the Bucks defense may force a turnover or two, and that's the difference in a three-point game. So I definitely think it's going to be closer than the first week. Um you know, then it, then it, you know, the, not the first week, the first time these teams played this season. But I, I don't think, uh, the Saints, I, I think the Bucks momentum is just a little bit too much right now. And then, you know, you can celebrate a, a third straight NFC South title and the playoffs for the fourth straight year, which I believe it would be the first time in franchise history, I, I think. Uh, but either first or second, it hasn't happened often uh, where the Buccaneers have made the playoffs four straight seasons. So um, even like in the Dungy years where they were really good, I think they never made the playoffs four straight seasons. So uh, while you wrap up there, I am going to look that up uh, and just confirm that. So, um, yeah, but it's I do think that the Buccaneers are going to find a way. It won't, won't be pretty, I don't think, but they're going to find a way to get it done. I think that's how you have to do it. You know, it's it's uh, it's the toughest game they have left. It is that game against the Saints. I, I've made the point over and over on today's show. You guys totally get it. I'm beating a dead horse here, but I, I can't state it enough. You know, the Bucks are not in a state to overlook any team, and they cannot do it with the Saints this week. So I do think they handled business, and I think this Bucks regime does a really good job at making a case to keep them around in 2024. I mean, it's hard to argue against this Bucks regime as of right okay. now, winning cures all. Four, they, they have made the playoffs four straight years. Um, 19, I believe it was 1990, 1997. Because they, they, they lost in the wild card a bunch, but they did make the playoffs uh, from 1999 to 2002. So 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. So they've made it four straight. I don't think they've ever made it five straight, though. So maybe next year. But uh, it all starts with having four straight. You can't have five straight without having four straight. So um, maybe maybe next year. But hopefully, you know, yeah, they, they get um, that, uh, you know, hopefully they can get it done. Historic game. This week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on NFC South foe, the New Orleans Saints. But that's just about going to do it for this week's game preview edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. Want to thank everybody hanging out with us live over on YouTube. First name greatest, and I have seen that picture before. I want to say that's our good friend Tony Baloney, who has not been in chat very much this year, but we do appreciate his support. Been rocking with us for a little uh, while. Christopher Cole, Jeremy Lowe, Isaiah J, Holyoke Joe, Al Bundy, Ryan Flanagan, 
Aiden Duffield, anyone else that I may have missed. We appreciate you guys. Subscribe to the channel for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. And find the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You got anything on the slate this week? Yeah, going to have uh, an X Factor out this week. And then also uh, the Q&A with the, the Saints site. I believe it's called Canal Street Chronicles. So uh, be on the lookout for that on BucksNation.com. Looking forward to it. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. And stay tuned tomorrow. We've got a video dropping on the channel, a little bit of a game preview from a segment that I was able to do with FanDuel Radio earlier today. Uh, all that and some more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content over on the Cannon Fire Podcast YouTube channel. Getting you ready for the game this week. Word salad. Sometimes it's hard, you know. We're right here at the end of the show, so my brain stops working. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Forward to it, last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter, at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. And stay tuned. Tomorrow, we've got a video dropping on the channel, a little bit of a game preview from a segment that I was able to do with FanDuel Radio earlier today. Uh, all that and some more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content over on the Cannon Fire Podcast YouTube channel. Getting you ready for the game this week. Word salad. Sometimes it's hard. You know, we're right here at the end of the show, so my brain stops working. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.